Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. They find a way and that overtime goal. I love his quote too. He's like, well, every time I shot, I wasn't going in. So I had to do something. And that's, that's what that is. That's what the will is. Like, I'll, I'm going to find a way. I'll make it work. This puck's going in the net. We're done. And that's what it was. Well, well, you know what? First and foremost, folks, we're in it here. Like we're diving right into it here. Yeah, no, uh, wait, thanks no waste for of listening times. to us wherever you find your podcast and all that good stuff. But uh, to, uh, to piggyback what Marty was saying, you know, big game last night. Um, certainly, I, I, I think I echo the same sentiments as a lot of Canadian fans. For a little bit there, I thought that this was this was it, man. This was not going to be our time. I thought the hot goalie was going to yeah. make it happen. And and look, like, you know, Bedard, Bedard did what he did. He put the team on his back. You know, I mean, I think the guy had like five shots in overtime. He was just, he was all over the place. Yeah, so exactly. It, it, it will be interesting to see how Canada comes out here. I yeah, listen. I'm I'm happy they're going to the semis. That's a foregone conclusion. That's you know ridiculously obvious. <laughs> um, what I what it what I'm not liking right now is I've, you know, coming into this tournament, you know, they were even talking about this potentially being one of the like this you know pushing towards that 2003 team. Uh, Bergeron, Crosby, a lot of talk you know about talking that. Yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and I'm I'm gonna be honest with you, dude. I really am. Like, yes, Bedard is off the charts. Get it? Good player. Yeah, awesome. All the whole nine yards. I'm not thrilled with how. Like, listen, I'm not just not thrilled with how Canada's played in this tournament. Period. Overall, from from mm, from from a start to finish yep. perspective, I am not thrilled. Um, I. I want to see, listen, when I say I want to see more domination, I don't expect Canada to be walking over the States, Russia, Sweden, Finland. Like, listen, they're, they're going to beat up on, on the lesser lights. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not looking for 10 nothing here. No, no, no. But after that, after that first game, Marty, I think they played, who did they play in that second game? Germany or Austria? I can't remember. I want to say Austria. Oh, no. I, can't, I, can't I think remember. it was Latvia. <laughs> I can't. I can't remember who. Either way, they they put a licking on him, and you know Sylvie was sitting right beside me on the couch whenever I said it. And I'm like, I want like nine nothing out of this game, and it's not an embarrassment thing. It's I want Canada like as a Canadian, I want my team to do well, and I'm behind my team. Germany. I wanted them to come out. I wanted them to come out that second game, and and I'm sorry, I don't care who it was. It could have been the states. I wanted to see nine nothing. I wanted to see my team dominate. They won by There's nine. A lot of talk. Does that count? They, they won did. by nine. <laughs> no, no, listen. They they did they did what I wanted them to yeah. do. That that's exactly no. the game I was looking for. Yeah, dominating like come out there, make a statement. But I'm, I'm telling you, that game against Slovakia last night, man. And you have to remember, they're without Yaroslav uh, Slavkovsky. I mean, Montreal kept him all year, and they didn't loan him to True. you know during during the World Juniors here. So, you know. Tip of the hat here to Slovakia because, I mean, 3-3, three, 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 it's just, it, it should have never even been there, Marty. It should have never even been there. They, But it was. They, they did was, beat can, the United States 6-3. Um, so they were, 
I'm not going to say I'm reluctant to say the real deal. Um, they're a well-oiled machine. They they play a tight game. They they're, weren't they're surprising good. anybody. Exactly. That's right. Um, and it helped. Obviously, it helped their goalie, who I believe was their third string goalie. Was yep. he not? Okay. So he it is. helped. That, anytime you get a great story like that, uh, where th- this goalie just steals the show, your team can rally around them and score six goals for you. Where, like, it, it, you, otherwise, maybe that's not what you would have done as a team. But, like, we've seen it time and time again with other goalies. Their flashes in the pan, they come and go. Like, uh, remember a couple of years ago, Ottawa, uh, the Hamburglar there, <laughs> Andrew Hammond. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was a flash in the pan. But, man, did they ride him for everything he was worth. And so did he. He made some money. Good for him. But, anyways, uh, I digress. All of this to say, Canada came in and did what they did in the second game, like you said, 11-2 against Germany, but then doubled down against Austria and went 11 nothing. So they they were getting their, you know, their, their wheels were getting... And their mojo back a little th- bit. There you go, mojo back. Oh, man, I'm rusty right now. Um, <laughs> it's some holiday fat I got to chew off here. So 11 nothing, and then I think they came back Sweden 5-1. That, would, that was a t- I honestly expected convincing. that one to be closer. But yeah, yeah convincing, exactly, against a good team. So the, Canada did all the right things at all the right times. Um, and they're, you know, the 4-3 in overtime against Slovakia um, would have liked to have seen them continue where they were leading into this game with, again, 11-2, 11-0, and then 5-1. A 4-3 in overtime... But it's good hockey. Like, it was exciting hockey. It was fun to watch. Hey, listen, whether you were – obviously, you and I, Canadian fans, were pulling for our team. But as hockey fans, Marty, completely and 100% back up the statement you just said. That was a really, really good hockey game and a really good hockey game for the World Juniors. Yes. A really good hockey game against some of these blowouts that you see year in and year out. And I know they're not going away. And I know that these teams that get blown out are like, yeah, but we, we, we're we happy to have the experience. We're happy to be here with the big boys. And and that's fine. But, man, it just leaves a little bit of a bad taste in your mouth sometimes. For sure. It, which but, brings a question. But, I, I want to know. I wanted to ask you this, but I'm happy I never texted you this question because I'm going to catch you on the air right now. Nice and raw. Do you put an asterisk next to this gold medal because Russia wasn't in it? No. You don't? Not not in the least. You're happy. Listen, yeah. Listen, Russia Russia did what they did. They knew what they were doing. End of story. Yeah. Now you now these are the sanctions that have been put against you. Yeah. Sorry. Uh-huh. If they're not in the tournament and I don't even know what like is it just this year or is it a couple years or I, I can't even remember what the, what the sanctions are but irregardless irregardless Marty, we we knew what they were doing during Olympics. I mean, we know what they do over there. And, and listen, I'm not trying to, I will not bottle everyone up and every athlete up. I'm sure there's some very straightforward athletes over there and, and you know, they're, they're not doing any of that kind of stuff, but th- this was, this was the sanctions that were put against you. Whoever wins this tournament, Canada, us, doesn't matter no. whoever it is. It's theirs. Uh, they earned it. No, 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 no you got that <laughs> no. right. These kids are fighting, you know, are fighting tooth and claw. And, yeah. You know, uh, this is the the biggest stages they, they, a lot of these kids have ever been on. Yep. I ain't taking a goddamn thing away from them just because Russia decided to do answer. something stupid. That's good. They can, sorry, excuse my French, but they can go fuck themselves. Absolutely. And again, that's not the country uh, as a whole. That's the no. people who are in the dark corners. That's right. 
who are who are doing all of these yep. devious little things. They know what they're doing. The athletes that are involved in this know what they're getting into. Sorry, bud, yep. you're out. That's that's just and and you're out for as long as whatever it is. Well, and I no just quickly whatsoever. I quickly checked in on it and it says until further notice. So I would imagine that means until the war is over, <laughs> or possibly longer. Could, it could be longer. Could, like could be an, it, an extra year on top of that. Yeah. So who knows? But I mean, aside from all of that, Marty, let's let's get right into the elephant in the room here. Ah. Holy fuck, Connor Connor Bedard. Connor bud. Bedard. Like <sighs> I'm 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 not gonna go off on this guy, but I will say this. When we see these these generational stars, and and I don't know if he's, I, I I don't know if he's generational or not. I don't know if he's like kind of your next McDavid or not. But I will say what this kid is doing at seventeen years old. By the way, folks, he <laughs> yeah. he he's he's a year younger than what you're supposed to be at this tournament kind of deal. Yeah. Okay. Seventeen year olds have been in this tournament time and time again. <coughs> This kid, this kid is dominating to the point where, I, if I'm not mistaken, and, and it, I know it's changed since, but um, you know, before I <coughs> before I did this writing, I think he had like ten a ten point lead on uh, Logan Stankoven, his own teammate. He does in the tournament. I think I think Berard had like something at that at that point. Oh, had like sorry, on Logan Stankoven. And, so Stankoven's got nine and five. Uh, Bedard's got twenty-one and five. But you got Logan Cooley like, and Jimmy Snugrud from US who are at eleven and ten. It's not. It, it's not. It's not close. And that's not it's to not say close. anything. And that and that's not to say anything bad about Cooley Snugarud. Not at all. Stanko, sorry. God, those are great but numbers too. Guy, eleven points in five games. Just, this Come guy. On. This this guy is in a different stratosphere. Okay. Uh, you could see it last night a little bit to the point where I thought he might have been holding on to the puck too long, doing too much individually, but you could see his will. Like he 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 didn't want it to go down like that. He just didn't, mm -hmm. and you could see it. Sometimes, like I say, that can be a detriment, and you could be too individualistic. And there were a couple times where I thought we were getting real, real close with that. Yeah. But with with some of these <clears throat> players, you, you you have to you have to live with that a little bit. I mean, with some of the stuff he can do. I mean, dude, he fucking, you know, he goes or he basically circled around like three guys. He did, and then the goalie. And I the mean, goalie. yeah, exactly. Like it's just this is after so, this is after a, a shot attempt that really didn't go anywhere. And this is, I think this is why, because he had a, he had a couple of shot attempts. Like I think, I think you said, even in the OT, he had five shots on goal and none of the shots were really, they weren't great. <clears throat> it's funny. His shot selection in OT wasn't as good as during the game. He, I don't know if it's, if it's the nerves or if it's the pressure or if it's just because they were forcing it a bit. Yeah. And I, and I think that's what it was. He felt it, it's on my shoulders and this is what leaders do, right? Like they'll, they'll take it on. Um, asked or not, he took it on and he made it happen. So he, he pushed it through. He made, he, he has the will and he, that's why I'm, I don't want to put him on that same pedestal of like your McDavid's, but he's already being compared to, sorry, not compared to, it was a GM and it was an unknown GM who said, this is the best we've seen since Crosby. So, I mean, and with all due respect to Crosby, I think McDavid eventually passes him and becomes that next tier kind of thing. Um, but I do, I see flashes of both McDavid and Crosby in Bedard. Like he does have that, uh, that little bit of Crosby and I do like the demeanor. Listen, 
I mean, after the first period, I, I can't remember her name, the uh, the reporter for TSN, but she was asking him some questions, and like the guy, the guy is 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 not oblivious to what's going on here. Like he knows, he is very well aware that he is completely dominating the tournament. Like, you know, he's not blind. The the guy can read papers. He can read the internet. Like he knows how good he is. And that humble demeanor, that, yeah. that kind of awe, awe shucks a little bit Yep. Uh, from him, that that's, that's perfect. And that kind of gives me that Crosby feeling where it's just, you know, we'll, we'll take care of business. We don't have to be all raw, raw about it. Just, you know, go and play good hockey and the whole nine yards. Yeah. And then, of course, the McDavid part is when you see some of his movements on the ice. I mean, his edges, dude, are 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 pretty incredible. Jeez. I mean, uh, I think he, I, I think it was even, I, I want to say it was Jeff O'Neill, but I'm not 100 percent sure. I, I believe it was somebody on the panel, uh, the World Junior panel there over the past couple of days that did mention um, it, it when he crosses the blue line. It almost looks like the whole play is slowing down. <laughs> Like he's just kind of he kind of he's whole, he's I not even that, yeah. uh, I think it I think it was Jeff O'Neill because he said something to the extent of if you watch him his legs aren't even moving but yet he's just he's 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 hitting his edges and he's crossing over like he hits the blue line and he kind of either goes well it, usually it's to the left okay and he kind of comes right into the left over towards the boards and of course he just demands so much attention right yeah. that nobody's really making like this move towards him so it's like dude like he's not even skating but yet he's still oh, yeah. like he's got like 5 feet of room so it, it will be interesting to see we obviously know how he's playing against his, his peers that foregone conclusion yeah. like he's completely dominating it it will really be interesting to see where where things go whenever he does get drafted uh you know this I'd have a hard time not seeing this guy in the league next year. Just with everything he's done in junior, what he's doing right now on the biggest stage for his uh, age level. It, it, I mean, what what more can you say, Marty? Well, not much. <laughs> I mean, what I and I like the fact that you pointed it out that when he crosses that blue line, everything kind of seems to slow down. And I think it does. And I think it's, I think specifically it does because everybody right now at this level they're all waiting for his next move because it, it, like whatever his next move is, that's when I can go. Because if you go right at him and force him into making a snap decision, it's almost like he gets better when he has to make a quick decision. And that's what separates him from the rest of the pack. That pressure that he, not that he seeks it out, but that it's part of his stride. That pressure and what to do with the puck on the next step because now you've now you've upped the pressure. Bring it. I it, it's part of my game. Like I, I work. It's almost like he says I work on this specifically this all the time. And the the good thing about him is that with or without the pressure, he's fantastic. And like you said, he's got five feet of, of space just carrying the puck in, which creates so much opportunity for everybody else. So he's not just a goal scorer, he's also a passer. He's multidimensional. So you can't just you can't just keep pushing him into a corner. You have to like how to defend him? I don't know. I really don't. If if he plays this way, sorry, it's not so much if he plays this way in the NHL. It's if the NHL reacts to him the same way that the W um the W uh, wow, the World Championships are reacting to him, the way these countries are react, then it's he's it's his league. It's his league to 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 screw up basically. So 
it's wor- it's got to be worrisome for other teams who are nowhere near in contention to getting him on, on your team because a player like this, like it's funny because so I think it was also last night that or no it wasn't last night it was two nights ago McDavid did another one of his it seems routine to him now where he kind of he crosses that blue line and then you know three quick strides and two in close moves and all of a sudden the puck's behind the net like or behind it in the net it's it's that will to push it in that you it's it's really seems unstoppable that i i honestly can't say that i saw crosby with it crosby is more of a positional player where he's always in the right spot and he's got good vision very good shot and he's a great passer but with mcdavid he can do that but i never thought i would say this but i see someone else with that ability in in bedard in this championship it's not nhl the players he's playing against aren't nhl caliber um some of them might be but as a whole that's not what this tournament is so it's the barometer is pretty low in comparison, it's still great hockey, a lot of talent on that ice. But to say that, you know, everybody, all these teams could compete or all these players on these teams could compete in the NHL. No, absolutely not. But Bedard can. And if he can, if he can play like this in the NHL, we'll have two McDavid's playing at the same time. What a time to be alive. <laughs> oh, dude, it, it will be awesome. I and mean, the last thing I'll say about uh, Bedard and one thing that I was really impressed with. I mean, I haven't gotten to watch a lot of his games. I mean, of course, being here in the East, it's not like, you know, I'm hopping on the computer and streaming any kind of WHL on a nightly basis there type of deal. Yeah, so yeah. I haven't I haven't had a lot of a lot of um, a chance to watch him. But what I did like last night is and Marty, I know you saw it. I know you were watching that game from the moment that whistle started the first period. You could see exactly what Slovakia wanted to do. It was going to be a physical, physical, physical game against Bedard. Yep, physical game against Bedard. And you know what? He was more than up to it. I he got right in there yeah. on several occasions. Yes. He took a cross check in the front of that net, <clears throat> gave gave the guys the business back when he felt it was it was due. I mean, he's you know it's a smart player too, right? Like I yeah. mean, they they know if they can get on the power play, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> But just just hand the puck to Bedard and we'll, we'll figure it out, you know. So I, I'm quite happy in the fact that you have that skilled player. Because Marty, listen, I love all these skilled players. I, I love watching skilled players in the NHL. Yeah. But I need, but I need you to have at the very, very least. I don't need you to be a Kachuk. I don't need you to be a a, a a Brady or a Matthew Kachuk. But what I do need from you is a little bit, just a little bit of jam, like. <laughs> You know, get get into the some of the dirty areas. I'm not saying like a guy like Marty needs to be standing in front of the net every game, Marty. But I'm saying you know goals are usually scored right there in the crease. So get in there every once in a while. I understand as a smaller player, he may be a little bit more to the perimeter than anything else. But still, the way the game is, there's a lot of opportunity for him to get to, to get to the net. And I like seeing a little bit of jam out of those very skilled players. I mean. Ovechkin, enough said. Even Crosby, he doesn't take any bullshit. That's the kind of thing I'm looking for. And I saw that in, in Bedard, and I'm quite happy about it. At 17 years old, he's 5'10, 185. You pounds. got it, man. He's got room to grow, but even if he doesn't, let's say he reached, let's say his peak is, you know, uh, 200, let's say 200 pounds. Um, 
I don't, <clears throat> the fact that he showed that he's not scared to get dirty, the fact that he showed that he's not afraid to get hit, um, all of that. You know what's funny though? Actually, now that we're talking about it, and it just popped in my head, that the image of him, I find it, do you know anything about why he wears the, the full face visor and then even under his age? The his age. If he was 18, he wouldn't have to wear it. Oh, okay, okay. So, all right. And 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 every time I, I see him do what he does and I realize he's still wearing that damn thing, I think to myself, like, <laughs> holy jeez. Either, either that's his secret to his success or look out when he takes that thing off because <laughs> it's going to be next level. Because um, that means he's only got that much more vision and I don't, geez. So anyways, what I'm getting at is that the fact that he's not like, you're, you're right. Like you need, if you're going to be successful in the NHL, you can't be afraid to get dirty. You can't be afraid to get hit. You don't necessarily need to go out looking for it, play your game. Um, but the second mm -hmm. it comes up, don't pull back. Don't oh, turtle. Don't, don't be a Exactly. Be, exactly. Be, don't shy away from no. it. Head first, uh, at, like you're doing everything else. And I don't see him ever doing that. Like even uh, as an example, like remember off the, it was off the face off. Who was it against? It was a couple. It was wasn't last night. It was two two games ago or something like that. It was right off the faceoff. It was a set play, uh, right in front of the right in front of the net. Um, you know, the guy won the faceoff and tossed it over yes, to him, and he yes. dove and he tucked that. Mm -hmm. So he's not afraid to like again a dive. Oh, it's not that big a deal, but it's just that that mentality of like the effort. It's that effort, effort. exactly. I'm not like, afraid. I'm going to do whatever I need to do. I'm if you're going to try and pull me down, then fine. I'm going to jump for it. Like it's that like you're saying that. Effort. No, and you know what? Like and not to uh, kind of shuffle away from Bedard here. I mean, we could we could oh, talk about this guy the whole good. podcast <laughs> for, for for. But at the same time, I did want to hit on a couple of things. Obviously, being a Montreal Canadiens fan. We do have uh, a number of our prospects in this tournament. A couple of them in particular during that game, Philippe Mechar, for before last night. This is before the game last night against Canada. Four games played, three goals, three assists for six points. So quite productive uh, for uh, um, for Mechar. And the one that I've really kept my eye on quite a bit is Joshua Roy. We talked about him a little bit last year, Marty, every once in a while, just when we were keeping an eye on some of the Montreal prospects or Edmonton prospects. Um, and he had a great year. I think if I'm not mistaken, he hit hundred points last year in the Quebec league. He's been right uh, beside Bedard. I think he's been on that Stankoven Bedard uh, line. Uh, most of the tournament, he's had a great tournament as well. Four games played three goals, three assists for six points. Great to see that. Nice. Um, of course we've got, uh, well, I mean, listen, I mean, where, where I'm at right now, it's certainly we're certainly not getting a lot of happiness from any kind of wins of late. <laughs> so we're trying to get them elsewhere. And of course, speaking of the Habs, I have to say, uh, like, I've been really kind of like, I want to say over the month of December, really, but heavily over the past, like, week, week and a half, two weeks, maybe, I have been Mr. Tankathon. <laughs> I have been on that website, dude. Like Montreal, as it currently stands, has two picks in the top 10. Does it stay that way the rest of the year? Wow. We're, th th we'll have to wait and see. But as, as you can tell, guys, I'm quite happy with how the Florida Panthers have been playing this year. Seeing <laughs> as my team, Horrible. my team owns their first round. Oh, by the way, unprotected <clears throat> pick, by the way. So no matter where this lands, Montreal's got it. And the reason why I'm, and, and Marty, we're, the reason why I'm even bringing this up is this. So 
rewind to the start of the year, Montreal's playing above expectations, really to the point where they're playing 500 hockey. A lot of people were like, holy shit, what the hell are we doing? I thought we were going to go for a high pick in this whole thing. Okay, so fast forward now two months. Yeah. The team is the team is exactly where, where we expected them to be. And you foresee, and I foresee that going even a little bit more into the tank. I mean, I, I would assume they're gonna try try to trade guys like a Josh Anderson, this kind of thing, over the course of the deadline. Right. So it, you really will, think you're gonna be will. able to catch Chicago though? Oh, it's it's and and I'm getting to that. I'm getting to okay. that, my friend. Okay. It the 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 really happy part about this is when it comes down to these t- these two picks, okay? okay, Florida's pick and Montreal's pick. Now I checked this last night, so I'm going off of stuff from last night. If things have changed, which I don't believe they did, because Montreal didn't play last night, and I don't believe Florida played last night. So, no. anyway, my point is this: with the fact that Montreal has two top 10 picks right now or or let's put it this way two lottery picks right now because a lottery is from picks one to 15 if i'm not mistaken okay if you're if you could be the 15th team and you're still in the lottery you have a small small chance at the first overall pick i believe either way whatever it is montreal's got two big shots now the nice thing about it is is montreal has got a um uh let's see here the Florida pick, as of last night, had a 6.0% chance of getting the first overall pick. Okay. Montreal's selection had a 7.5% of getting the first overall pick. Now, if I'm not mistaken, if I, if I do understand all of this right, you can basically take that Florida pick, which is 6%, mm-hmm. and Montreal's pick, which is 7.5, add it up. And you get 13.5%. The reason why I'm even mentioning all this is because now that is now Montreal's chances at landing the first overall selection, which let's, let's face it is some pretty damn good odds for where Montreal is and for where that Florida pick is like, they're not even in the top five, Marty. Yeah. But when you add, but when you add both of those odds, if I'm not mistaken, and when I was reading this, it was about five or six days ago, so it may have changed. But when I was reading it in an article, Montreal actually had a better chance than at that point, the fourth worst team in the league, which at that point was the San Jose Sharks. Okay. So although Montreal's selection and Florida's selection aren't in the top five, the 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 picks combined the chances make for quite yeah. make for quite an interesting uh, uh, odds for Montreal it's... going into the twenty twenty three NHL and and the best part about it is Marty is even if I don't even care if they get that first pick I, I, if they miss out on Bedard perfect I mean if you get him great if you don't great it's it's going to be a deep draft it is. Pundits have been talking about it for a couple of years now. Yeah, that this will be a deep draft, and if Montreal's sitting there with two top ten picks, exactly. <laughs> like now, now you can even go for, you know, maybe that someone with a super high end skill, but you're just not sure. You know, you can take that home run hit, or yeah, you can take that swing, swing at a home run. Yeah, if if you will. So we'll see how it all plays out. We'll see how the how management wants to go about it. But as it stands right now, 
You got to be happy to be a Habs fan, at least from the perspective of a 2023 NHL draft anyway. Yeah. And, you know, to be honest with you, <laughs> I'll... I'll just I'll just say one thing about all of this is no matter how you slice it, the chance you're like you're talking about getting giddy at thirteen percent. This and you've combined them right, so like you're at six and seven, like it thirteen yep. percent. You have an eighty-seven percent chance of missing. Well, it. no, but you have to look. <laughs> but if you remember though, you have to kind of look at it the other way, right? Because let's okay, let's say it is Chicago that finishes last, right? I be, if I'm not mistaken, it's less than 25%. It is. Chance. So I guess what I'm looking at more is the, the comparisons of the odds from the team who, who would have the best odds. Like, I mean, you know, here's, here's fans at the start of the year. They're like, oh, my God, Montreal's playing way too good. It's like, dude. <laughs> Everything, everything is just fine. just the way it needs to be. It's Everything's fine. fine. <laughs> Everything's perfect. And and I was actually unaware when I... That's kind of why I brought this whole thing up for the episode this week. One for our Habs fans out there so that they kind of understand that a little bit better. But even I wasn't aware of that. Like, I was like, oh, okay, good. Montreal's got Florida's pick. Montreal's got their own pick. Good, perfect. Two picks in the first round. Yippee-dee-doo. And I'm like, where are we going to land? But then I started, you know, I... Like I say, I read this article just under a week ago, and I I did not realize that you you can do that. Like this that is you can... what is it, it, it? This is what's going to be done. Like yes, Montreal's pick is only seven point five, and yes, Florida's pick is only six point oh, but Montreal owns both picks, exactly. so add them together. Yeah, and now that total is actually Montreal's chances at getting the first. That's right. And let's face it. I mean, at the start of the year, the way they were playing, people were like, holy crap, yeah. are we, you know, are we going to be picking like 15th, 16th overall? What's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. So we're in a, for, for Habs fans out there. You're in a good spot. You know, and, and, for, and, and for all those waiting for the, for the draft, because it's, it's quite a tough year, we are sitting in pretty good shape here. And Florida is, is, is in tough guys. Like. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying that we're going to end up with two top 10 picks. That's not what I'm saying. Things can change from now until the end of the year. No. But if as a Habs fan, I'm quite happy with the situation that's going on in Florida <laughs> right now. It's a little bit of a mess. And they're starting to scramble a little bit because they do not have much to be able to add to the pipeline in this draft. No, and I don't. I do. I do not believe they have a first or a second. <clears throat> no, and that's the problem, right? Like Florida really depleted themselves over the last couple of years. In fact, last year specifically, uh, in the off season uh, with the acquisition of of Kachuk, they've they've done some moves that have left uh, a lot of people scratching their heads and wondering what is the what is the direction of this team because they won the President's Trophy last year. This year, obviously. They may not win the President's Trophy this year. Um, they're they're on the outside looking in as it stands right now. Um, it's only going to get... I was about to say, it's only going to get worse for them. Does it get worse for them? Can't, like Obviously, missing the playoffs after winning the President's Trophy is completely unacceptable. However, they are what? They're two games below 500 right now? Yeah. They're sitting at 16, 18, and 4. Like, 
There's a button, there's a panic button that has probably already been slapped several times this year, but there's no, there's no path for them to fix this right now. How, how do you, um, Bobrovsky's contract is way too large for them to get rid of. So no one can pick them up. So they can't just sort of swap it out because their biggest issue is in nets, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Their biggest issue is in nets. They are scoring at a very healthy pace, 124 goals for on the season. Whereas number one, Boston's got 138. Okay. They're not far off the pace there, but it's, goals against where they're not able to keep the puck out of the net 131 goals against it's both goaltending possibly defense possibly system Paul Maurice came in there and has done his thing it doesn't appear to be working it's it's kind of a perfect storm too many too many variables to consider uh in terms of wanting to point the finger at what's going wrong in Florida um, but I think at the end of the day, you're letting in too many pucks. And a big reason for that is Bobrovsky just, oh my God, shit in the bed practically every night. Granted, he has played better as of late. Uh, he had no choice. He was sort of thrusted into back into the starters role after losing it to, um, I keep wanting to call him Suge Knight. <laughs> I don't know if you know who Suge Knight is, but that's a different, that's anyways. Um, oh, Spencer yes. Knight. <clears throat> And who, by all rights, should be well in in the like the starters role for Florida. There's no reason why this should not be his baby at this point. But he has really had some missteps last year and this year. I know there's been an illness that he's been battling a little bit, but he just hasn't looked very good. I, at any given point this year, he really doesn't look like he's ready to take the reins. So Bobrovsky has to continue, and plus his contract, Bobrovsky's contract, he continues to have to be plugged in. So, And that's just not helping the team win any games. You're losing too many games because, again, you're letting in way too many pucks. So like I said, you can hit the panic button all you want. What's it going to do? What can you do? You've got no assets. You've got no, you got no room to trade. Um, you've pretty much put all of your chips into this corner with this roster, um, projected end of season cap space, negative 3 million. You're over the cap space. (laughs) There's nothing you can do as an organization. You have to ride this storm and it really looks like you're going to go from president's trophy to holy shit. You're 13th in the, in your division, right? In your conference right now. 13th. Well, I mean, he, here's the thing with Florida, okay? And and I may be looking at this with a little glimmer in my eye because of the fact that we have that first round pick. First of all, like you said, problem in nets. And it's not even just the play. It's, it's the whole situation on top of it. Like, it just seems like no matter which way you're trying to f- try to find the light here for Florida, there is none. Nah. The, the, the goaltending hasn't been great. When, when, you know, w- between Bobrovsky and, and Knight, you should have at least average goaltending to decent goaltending. Yeah. The, the, this, the, the second layer on top of that is, like you mentioned, Bobrovsky. The reason why they can never give... Uh, um, we'll call him Suge. <laughs> We're going to call him... We're doing it. We're doing it. The reason why Suge Knight hasn't taken over the net yet is because you've got a goaltender that you're paying $10 million for, and how the hell are you supposed to sit that on the bench? Yeah. So until he's out of Florida, Knight will not get that starter's role. And I mean, I suppose I suppose it could happen, 
as as long as Bobrovsky completely and utterly shits the bed. Yeah. Like I mean, eight forty save percentage, and it's just never going to happen. Like at ten million, they're going to keep putting him in there. Yeah. The big, the biggest, biggest thing for me in regards to Florida making the playoffs, and why I, th- why I'll call it right now. I- I'm going to call it right now, and I'm going to say the Florida Panthers will miss the NHL playoffs in 2023. Here is my main reason why. Atlantic Division, Boston Bruins, 62 points. Toronto, 52. Tampa, 47. That would be your three automatics from the Atlantic Division. Yeah. Metro Division, Carolina, 56. New Jersey, 49. Washington, 47. There's your three automatic from the Atlantic. So now you got two wild cards. Well, guess what? They're both oh, coming Jesus. out of the Metro. They're both coming out of the Metro. Oh, my God. One is the New York Rangers at 46 points, and the other one is the Pittsburgh Penguins at 44. Now, remember I was just saying a few minutes ago how there's different levels to this disgusting season to the Panthers? Okay. So now you got all of your eight teams from the Eastern Conference. If Florida still wanted to try and get in there, mm-hmm. they have got... They have got to jump over the Ottawa Senators at 37 points, the Buffalo Sabres at 38 points, who are with the highest, who were, as of a couple days ago, the highest scoring team in the league. The Detroit Red Wings sitting at 39 and playing some great hockey to the point where they've waived Jacob Verana. Oh, yeah. And then you go over to the Atlantic and you got the Islanders sitting there at 44 points. So... The long and short that I'm trying to get to here, folks, Florida has got way too many teams to jump over the rest of the year. And with the way the scoring system is for a win in overtime, it's it's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen for Florida this year. Could they go on and run a spectacular run like the St. Louis Blues? Yes, they could. Yes, they could. And they actually have the goaltending for it as well. They do. Technically, but but Marty and I have got to go off of what we've already seen, not what we think can come. Yeah. So to me, I'm sorry, Florida. You're going to miss the playoffs after winning the Presidents Trophy because there's just too much in the way, man. And I think and that and sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, and all that is without any injuries in the second half. Yeah. And yeah. we know and we, and we know Barkoff's good for another injury in the second half. Minimum. I love the guy. I yeah, love the guy, he's but he's but he's, an, he's he's a band-aid case. Yeah. Hey, and perfect then, example. Got, he gets injured and, and he comes back, he gets 5 points in his first game back. So, you love him when he's playing, ridiculous. but he's just always yeah. injured. But so it's going it, for Florida, it's going to be real tough, bud. It's going to be real tough. I think you know, you, huge nail, huge head. Well done. Metropolitan Division and some of the teams out of the Atlantic, uh, Detroit, Buffalo, Ottawa, who's all of a sudden turning things around. And it seems like those Uh players are actually appreciative of the system that they're in and the players that are. It just just seems like it took them a little bit longer than most expected to get acclimated. But and then again, Metropolitan Division, Rangers, Pittsburgh, Islanders. That's one side of things. The other side of things is. As, as a team, Florida, you've dug yourself such a fucking hole. You've already lost yeah, 18 games. Like, Rangers and Pittsburgh have only lost 12 games. I know that the difference there is six, yeah. but 
the point I'm making is the hole you're in, because every time you might win a game instead of losing one, so is Pittsburgh, so is New York, so are the Islanders. Like every time you win a game, they're winning a game. And then when you go ahead and you lose a game, well, then Pittsburgh and Islanders, they don't. They don't lose the game. They keep climbing. They keep going fast. I don't know that you can climb out of this hole that you've dug yourself in back into this season. They're halfway through the season right now. This is the back end. This is this is it. Like well, you have to win pretty well much every game from here on out, which isn't going to happen. It's well, unrealistic. I mean, Marty, to lay it out for the listeners, let me put it this way. Florida Panthers, 16, 18, and four for 36 points on the year so far. Montreal is sitting with 33 points, and the Philadelphia Flyers are one point behind you at 35. So <laughs> I, I'm sorry to put it into such a negative tone for you there, Florida, but holy fuck, bud. <laughs> like, you're done. You're three points ahead of the Montreal Canadiens, and the Flyers are nipping out your heels by one point. Let that me... goes to show you the type of year that you're having. Let me put this into one final perspective, Florida Panthers fans. Let's how, hear it, buddy. Let's how many it. games did they lose all season last year? Florida. They lost 18 oh, games it. last year. They've already what matched their entire season losses of last year. Now, I'm not saying you come back and you end up President's Trophy winner back-to-back seasons. That's a very difficult thing to do. But let's say you want to be in the playoffs, which I'm thinking you kind of do. Uh, and then last year... The last team, so the, per, the the Washington Capitals, they had 26 losses. So in a sense, you could assume you need to lose no more than 26 games in a season. In a sense, um, that it's means that, no. That means they have eight games that they can lose from here until the end of the season if they want to hope at actually reaching the playoffs. Forget it. Forget it. Because they're at what 37 games. What are they at right yeah. now? They're at 38, 30, 30, 30, 38 they, games. They, Florida's played 38, yeah. So they have, um, stupid math, 44, <laughs> 44 games left. So that means they got to go 30, 30-something 30 and eight. It's not happening. It is not happening. It, you can call it now like you did already, and I'm calling it too. Florida Panthers are going to go from, in fact, they're not even, that's not even, they're not even going to be close, man. They're going to go from President's Trophy to what? Like so missing. Not just time. not just missing. They may like if they're barely above like Philadelphia. Dude, like, dude, you you are currently eleven points out of a play uh, out of a playoff spot right now. Like, if it, because you got to look at it as right now the Metro Division is the one that's going to take five teams there, right? Out of the eight, yeah. So right now you're looking at the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa's got forty seven. You have thirty uh, thirty six. You're eleven points out of a playoff spot now, bud. Yeah, and no offense. Look at look and at Tampa at the top at the top of the division: Tampa, Toronto, and Boston. You think either any one of those guys down? are going on like a fifteen game losing streak? Nah, like, nah, come nah, on, nah, 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 nah. You know this, what? This you know what? I'm I'm doing I'm doing it. Stick a fork in them. They're done. Stick a fork in them. They're done. Now know. we're gonna move on to something a little more positive Ooh. because I know that uh-huh. you want to talk about. Who? A certain team in our nation's capital who are sort of in the same situation, but kind of not. They're, so it's because of the, the momentum that the Senators are bringing every game lately. That's what's got me thinking like, oh, can they sneak into this? Um, and I'm saying that knowing full well that 
I don't really have trust in the senators. I feel like they've done this to me before where I'm like, oh, this is going to be great just to be let down. And I also feel that the the whole they've done because they've only got they've lost 17 games compared to Florida 18. And we're like, Florida's done. But Ottawa's got hope. It's also the trajectory that the, that Ottawa's coming at yet. Where whereas Florida, it's been all season long. It, it I yeah, don't because, because because I'm going to save your bacon here. Well, maybe not save your bacon, but Marty's not talking about Ottawa necessarily making the playoffs here, guys. Not necessarily. Like they're only one point. They're only one point ahead of Florida. What we're talking about is Florida President's uh, President's Trophy last year, missing the playoffs. As Marty said, completely unacceptable. Yeah. Ottawa, a slot. <laughs> Aside from their own general manager at the beginning of last year, uh, thought they could make the playoffs. But every, everybody else, yeah. I think, has been a little bit more realistic. So what we're saying is this: the Sens are trending better for where they're expected to be mm-hmm. is what we're talking about. Sorry, Marty. No, it's all good. Clear up that because, up for our, just want to clear. because really, even in the grand scheme of things, for as much hype as Ottawa had this year, there was some conversations about playoffs, but I think the overall consensus was like, this team is looking promising for the future. It's probably not this year though, in terms of playoffs. And that's completely fine. Playing important games in April. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think they're, and I do think they're going to be there. I think they're going to, I think the excitement of the team, the closer you get to April, that's going to be enough to, I mean, quite frankly, this city has already become, very energized with the possibility of so many things. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds mm-hmm. possibly taking over the yep. team. All the signings they did in the offseason and getting Claude Giroux. Like, oh my God, tug on my heartstrings. Thank you very much. All of that kind of stuff has spelled uh, ticket sales through the roof. And that's what you want. The fan base has come back. Um, things are looking very up and up. Very promising. Claude Giroux signed a three-year contract. So that that tells me that he's aware that this is um, a building process. This is maybe one building mm-hmm. block. And then next year, we'll have a different kind of conversation. But for this year, at the very least, I, I fully expect Ottawa to play important games to the tune of possibly be happy that you're playing spoiler for other teams. Because I do think that's going to be their role down the stretch. They're going to ruin some some teams' hopes on getting to the playoffs. They're gonna they're gonna be a key to turning somebody's season around, whether it's because they're playing against them or they're playing against the team that can knock them out or flip it around. So Ottawa is exciting. The Brinkett's starting to come around. I heard recently that there was a story that he says he loves his teammates. He loves the city. He's a very humble person. He likes to, he's very reserved. He likes to stay quiet. And Ottawa's kind of a perfect city for that. Um, so there's hope that he's going to be re-signing. I, I don't expect it to be anytime soon. I expect the Brinkett to just do nothing and just be quiet, enjoy the season, and then sometime in the offseason sign probably a like a four-year contract for him or something something on those lines but it's just the rejuvenation of this franchise has been has been very exciting uh, didn't start out that way but we're definitely in that now and it's exciting and dj smith even finally said it today too he feels like that this team has finally turned a corner and is playing the way he expected them to play and he says now at this point going forward I think every game they're going to get better. It's going to be a little bit more exciting. So look to Ottawa because they're only in twelfth, right? Like there's uh, and again, like it's it, it's a bit of a stretch. They're great at home, not the greatest away, but they've got three wins in their last five, with one of them being an OT loss. Again, they're trending in the right direction. So 
at the very least, enjoy the hockey because they're playing phenomenal I mean, hockey. They're 6-3-1 and one in their last 10, so they've certainly turned it around a little bit. And the thing that really kind of gets me excited for Ottawa is that the Brinkett's really starting to hit his stride yes. there now. Like, I, I was never, like... I wasn't like super worried about the guy. Like he, nah, no. he's just too good, you know. And there was yeah. just there was just too much talent around that you, you know he's gonna get his apples and cookies. But I really like the way he's playing right now. I really like the way the team is playing. The only thing that may be a little bit of a hindrance here in the second half um, could be goaltending. I know that Cam Talbot's played really really well lately. I yeah. want to say like the, I, I did he not get injured? I, I thought he was injured. I'm Talbot was injured at one point, but he came back. I want to say about. You know, that's two, three, maybe three weeks ago he came back. And honestly, he's been lights out ever since. Like he's, I expected this from Cam Talbot. I, I to me, I figured this is exactly why you went out and you got Cam Talbot to give you a legitimate yeah. shot in nets. Talbot is a great goalie, has been for the better part of his of his career, over at least over the last 10 years anyways. Um, I have full confidence in him. And in this system, on this team, he is a perfect fit. For this team, he's playing at 911, 275. He's got just the one shutout, but he's doing what you what you need to do. He's stopping pucks, giving your your team a chance to win every night because there's tons of skill. Look at the one, two, three, four, five. There's the top five uh, players on this team. Six, man, even six, seven. Pinto's got ten goals, um, but I was thinking specifically of Stutzel, Giroux, Batherson, Debrinkat, and Kachuk. All of them above twelve goals. So far this season, um, Kachuk obviously leading the way with 38 points, the brain cat with 36 and 37, Batherson with 35, 30, like in Batherson too, he's turned it around a lot lately. Like these are, I know these numbers aren't necessarily jumping out of you, but you gotta understand, I wish I had the numbers for the last, maybe the last 10 games. Cause all of these players I'm talking about, even like Stutzel with the two, uh, two goals against Buffalo the other night. And that was the other impressive thing too, keeping that offense to one goal, not a single point from your your Tuck or your Thompson or your um, Darlene. Nobody or Skinner, nobody of note was scoring on Buffalo. Um, and actually, while I've got you on, well, sorry, got you. While I'm on this topic, I was watching that game. And in Buffalo, where is it? There's a player. I was watching him play and his hands and his vision. I'm like, this is a this is a really good hockey player. Who is he? Oh no, not that page. One second. He's the only one who scored the goal. Uh, what's his name? Oh, I cannot pronounce that. Gergensons. Oh, that probably is right. Yeah. yeah nice. Zemgus Gergensons. There you go. Good old Zemi. He's a really friggin' talented player. He gets right in there, and so I'm like, oh my god, I gotta go check out it. <laughs> it's never. His numbers don't jump out at you. <laughs> He's got, uh, what is it? 10 points in 34 games. He's got four goals. Nothing jumping out at you. And in fact, through his career, not necessarily the greatest. So I don't understand why there's not more coming out of him. But that's just this little sidebar. If you get a chance to watch Buffalo, watch him play. There's more to this guy than meets the eye. And I, I think it's just the wrong team for him. But anyways, moving back to Ottawa. All of these players coming alive at this time and with Cam Talbot playing the way he's playing, I see no reason why they can be a big surprise and sneak into the eighth because they've got all the pieces. Everything's there. Everything makes sense. All it takes is really one of these top teams to just 
get an injury bug or go on a losing go on a losing streak and Ottawa can take advantage if Ottawa can just continue to do what they're doing play their game the way they're playing it now and keep that going for the rest of the season they don't need to go lights out they just need to keep doing what they're doing then I think there's a solid chance for them whereas again in, in stark comparison with Florida Florida is just in a downward spiral and it seems that the bleeding is going to continue because there's no way to patch the bleeding Whereas in Ottawa, they, they have options. They have ways to make things better. And in fact, they've got the players for it. They've got more of the players than Florida does. And 100%, Ottawa, as constructed today, on paper, in my opinion, is the much better team than Florida on paper. And I'm saying this with hindsight because I know we're halfway through the season. Beginning of the season, I probably would have said, I don't know, this is pretty close. On paper, this looks pretty good. Again, this is all hindsight. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. But Ottawa has a lot to be happy for, a lot to be proud of, and a lot to look forward to on the back end of this season. I see no well, reason again, why. And again, I kind of just echo what I said at the top. I mean, it's not a case where we're sitting here saying, oh, well, they're one point ahead of Florida, and this this team is absolutely going to the. No, as a matter of fact, I think they're going to have a really hard time making the playoffs. But what I do think is going to be very beneficial for the Senators is that they're going to take the next step in their development. And that is, like we mentioned earlier in the segment, um, that they're going to be playing uh, meaningful and important games uh, end of March, beginning of April. And you know what? There, there, there is something to be said for that where that organization it currently is. Yes. Again, flipping back over to Florida, that's a whole different can of worms. You were the best team in the league last year. Now you're gonna, not going to make the playoffs. So a little... Not only yes, that, we think of the future for Florida. How scary dude, is the future th- in Florida? That, that's and that's what I'm saying. Like there is layers upon layers upon layers upon layers right now in Florida. And dude, uh, unfortunately, and, and I don't mean to beat a dead horse here. I've already talked about it on the podcast this week, but the move that they they could potentially be giving the Montreal Canadiens a top ten pick. <laughs> and if you want to put it a certain way, you can put it this way: for less than forty games of Ben Sherratt, <laughs> Mike, drop. Like, dude, that's it. You didn't even get half a season with Ben Sherratt. You gave up. And that is, and dude, it's not even protected. That thing, if Florida, if Florida, for whatever reason, if things get that much messier and it just continues to spiral, you like Montreal, they're going to be popping champagne, bud. Oh, God, yes. Even (laughs) even if Montreal's on Bell Center Ice losing six to nothing, they're going to be like, ah. Hey, listen there, Jeff. You want to go and grab that bottle over there, bud? Yeah, yeah like, let's, let's, let's celebrate. Pop this puppy. <laughs> yeah. So you know what? Suffice it to say, Florida's going in the wrong direction. Ottawa looks to have figured things out here and gotten things back onto an upwards trajectory. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but I need a friggin' break. Oh, I need a break. This right has now. been <laughs> this has been a massively packed first half. Yeah. We're going to break for a second here, folks. Going to hear a little word from our sponsors, DraftKings, and we will be right back. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can enjoy just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. 
that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays, combine multiple bets like which team will win and how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at even bigger payouts. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Check my fanny. That's not the song, Check is it? it no, baby. Still don't have a song. It is, the, it is the song this week, but it's whatever right. we want, man. Every week, We own this song. podcast. It's what we feel like. <laughs> and until somebody pays me some money to want to change it, <laughs> yeah. then you can change it. Okay. That's fair. You're right about that. That's okay. completely fair. All right. Okay. Sorry. So, Just have to get listen. off the chest there. Everybody, no, you can just you can just be quiet for now. Oh, okay. You little, okay. you son of a bitch. Because because <laughs> Mike's about to spit ginger ale through his nose, and it's worth it. Mm-hmm. It's worth it because you deserve it. Yes, and it I'll is. be honest. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna tell you why. Because I was actually I in my mind I'm like okay I'm gonna go after Drysital. I'm gonna do this. Just now, cat's out of the bag. Mike traded for Drysaddle, and I believe the uh, what's going back to Tom is a uh, a wet handshake. Is that it? Um, <laughs> I hope for Tom's sake, it's a hell of a lot more. <clears throat> I'm not suggesting that you didn't give up enough, but what I am suggesting is I kudos to you on getting that pick on top of it, like. That's when I saw the pick added there, that's when it hit me. I'm I'm so bad at trades because I don't include another pick. Just even if it's a late rounder, doesn't matter. Get another pick for the year you lost the pick is such a smart move. Such a smart move. What was the trade? Well, listen here, I, I'm, I, I got to kind of hit this from a couple of different perspectives because, you know, I, I, there's no way I'm throwing Tom under the bus here either. First and foremost, I was lucky that there and I, I actually texted Tom to make sure that he was OK if there we could talk about everything, if there's anything that he wanted me to kind of keep on the DL. He was he was pretty good with everything. So here we go, folks. Nice. First, first and foremost, I was pretty lucky. Uh, myself, my team, and my roster, because there were only two players that he was really looking at um, if he was going to make that move with Dreisaitl. Okay. Like I said, I was lucky because I had one of them in Sveshnikov. Yeah. The other that he was really targeting, well, the the other one that the only other one that he was targeting was Jake Ottinger um, in Dallas uh, off of your dad's team. So the he mentioned to me that of course, Jay being in a rebuild and he just made that big trade with Scott uh, sending McKinnon, getting Zegris and Veneers back. So obviously he knows that, you know, the Royals, Scott's not want to kind of get rid of all of his young talent here. So he knows that he know he knew that there was only a couple other spots that he wanted to go. Thankfully I had one of them um, in regards to the, I sent a first overall in 2024-25, as well as Sveshnikov for Dreisaitl and a seventh rounder in that same year, 24-25. Now, I will be 100% honest, uh, completely transparent here. Tom even said it to me in text, like literally 30 seconds after he sent what was the last offer, uh, which which did include the seventh uh, entry. He didn't want to do it. He didn't even know why he did it. 
Um, wow, eh? I'll be honest with I'll be honest with you. I I was pushing pretty hard to to buffer, uh, to buffer a little bit in that draft. And uh, I'll, again, transparency. My 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 last offer to him was uh, Sveshnikov in a first for Dreisaitl and a fourth round entry. But he came back to me with seventh. And listen, I I went with the fourth because I thought maybe he'd come back at me with the fifth. And then we'd go ahead and do that. Whatever. It's, that's fine. I'm so not certainly not going to sit here and complain about the seventh round entry. <laughs> I got I got the second best player in the world as far as I'm concerned. Yep. Um, it, and it does have a lot of layers to it because of the type of league that we have. More importantly, because of the type of division that we're in. Again, even more specifically, towards your brother, My, Oni yeah. McDavid, and all. And although Dreisaitl will not completely, um, um, outright take away all the advantage that, that Joel has with McDavid, he will take a good chunk of it away. Yeah. So, like you know, for every four points that McDavid's going to get, I'm at least getting you know three, two if not three from Dreisaitl. So and remember, I'm, you I'm... won last year without Dreisaitl while my brother came in fourth with McDavid. So it's not like you have to gain that much ground on him. Your team is essentially still the same team. You essentially swapped out Shvetsnikov for Dreisaitl. So you gained. Yes. There's, no way, there's, there's no way to look at that as a loss. Oh, no way. You've completely no gained way. way more ground on my brother. Now, this particular year... The way McDavid is playing, the way Kucherov is playing, some of his other players. It's a special season well, and, for my brother. Well, and this is kind of what I what I wanted to get into. I, I mentioned it at the start of the show that I had a lot to say about our CFHL this week. And listen, it you know, here here we are last year thinking it could never be as compelling, it could never be, oh, you know, as close yeah. or what well, guess what? Here we are again, same shit's going on. Uh, you know, to, to give our listeners a little bit of an idea of what's going on here, the official standings as it stands right now, um, you've got the Apocalypse that are sitting in first place overall at 9-2-1. Myself, the Dragons at 8-3-1. Eight, eight, and one. The Buccaneers have been on a massive roll, and I certainly want to touch on them a little bit. Man. Great, great, great run since the trade, 7-4-1. and one. He's actually taken over first place in his own division. Yourself, the Brigands. A little spotty over the last couple of weeks here, but irregardless of whatever the, the results are, seven four and one right in there, two games off the, the league lead, and then the Royals sitting at seven five and zero oh, uh, are also in there as well. And of course, we're not going to forget about the Cougars. They're sitting there at two eight and two in the Howe Division. You've got the Demons at three uh, nine three and nine uh, out in the Gretzky Division, and, and the Pond Hogs bring up the rear at two and ten. Uh, they actually just won their second game of the, the year last week against Tom. So suffice it to say, it is going to be an absolute dogfight again this year. This is this, this is going to be nuts. The Apocalypse have played some wicked hockey. Like they... Considering regardless the injuries of the injury, Well, and, and that's what I'm going to touch on. Like regardless of the injuries, the guys that he is able to dress every week, whether it's a guy coming off of injury, you know, switching it up a little, whatever it is, he's been able to make it happen. And his roster has been able to make it happen. So, you know, full props to the apocalypse and that roster, because with the amount of injuries, you would, you would be hard pressed to believe he's at that record. 
um, myself just enjoyed a losing holiday season. <laughs> I lost to both Marty here the week of Christmas, and then the following week as well, I lost to his dad, Ron. So, family affair. First losing, first losing streak of the year, and we're going to try and take care of that against my co-host Marty this week. No, not with this week. My new acquisition in Leon Drysider. So let's hope week. he can. And he, and he is playing tonight, by the way. Yes. Oh, sir. I know he's yes, in. Guy. Yes, he is in. Oh, yes, yeah. guy. But man, so you're gonna have to catch it, up. I'm already in the lead, four to two, baby. Woo! That's all right. But you're again. <laughs> you're fine. I wanted to speak about your dad. Your dad's had a great, great run the last little man. while ever since that trade. And I'm sorry, but he potentially may have two of the hottest goaltenders in our league right now, in Hellebuck and Ottinger. And the other thing about that is, and I was hoping and praying that one of these guys were going to get a night off last week and nothing like these, their workhorses teams are, Oh my God. Yeah. Like Dallas, Winnipeg are throwing these guys out there to the benefit of your father. Obviously he's getting all the games in. Hmm. So, I mean, it, it is, it has been a quite an interesting holiday season for the CFHL uh, in particular with the standings getting that much closer. Ottinger will go down as my worst trade ever. I know I got Barkov out of it, but uh, there's no, there's no way I can justify that trade ever again. <laughs> like I, it's there. He is so the real deal, and I knew it. I just had such a boner for for um, Barkov for some reason. I just needed to make that happen. So. All that aside, what I do want to say though, uh, Buccaneers, think of it this way: they were two and four, two four and one yep. when they when they when they made that trade, and they are now sitting at seven four and one since that like five game winning streak. Baby. That's ridiculously impressive. Um, and I want to say that these scores or these weeks, anyways, haven't necessarily been that close, have they? Do you know? The five weeks. Um, no, he's been he's been on a bit of a tear lately. I mean, this is a team that you're looking at that's got like Marner and Matthews. Um, he's got Rupe Hints there, Ottinger. Jeez, uh, I mean, what else has he got going on in regards to oh, his geez. roster here? I'm just well. Now I'm looking at all the. I don't want to miss out anybody. He. The I thing mean, is, listen, is, listen. He has been to... just destroying the lead points wise, like. He's been putting up a lot of points week after week after week. So he's a very, very like you said, like he's got he's got the talent to back it up, right? Philip Forsberg, who's also decided to turn it on. Heinz, uh, Kadri, Kuznetsov, Marner, Matthews, Pastor Pasternak, uh, even Strom, um, starting to really find his place in in Washington now. Tage Thompson, which <laughs> I mean, like, uh, like he like he he made that trade five weeks ago. And in the last 28 days, Kuznetsov is alone has gone off for 15 points in 12 there games. Yeah. So, and I mean, you know, this is a this is a team that already boasts Pasternak, Marner, Rupe Hints, Philip Forsberg. I mean, like Matthews. It's just and just in and Nets I mean, alone, Odinger and Hellebuck. Uh, the goal, <sighs> his goaltending the past month, Marty. Connor Hellebuck, 10 games, six and four, uh, no shutouts, so 12 points. And Ottinger, 8 and 3, 16 points. More impressive, Ottinger, 216, 926 save percentage. Hellebuck, 240, 922. Like, dude, you're winning weeks, man. Your your goaltending is starting to get the job done for you. Like, Like his goaltending. If you can manage your goaltending situation to get at a minimum, at a minimum, 
eight points every week. It seems to be a bit of a of an edge right now for the player for the teams that have like as an example again with uh, my brother's team, the Apocalypse, which another great he's got he's got the luxury of four incredibly great goalies too: Kumper, Vasilevsky, uh, Anderson, who's getting close to return, who, but he hasn't played for a while, but he hasn't needed him, and then you got Talbot. Each every single one of those goaltenders is a guaranteed two minimum two wins a week. So that's your eight points at a minimum. Really, because these teams are playing so well, Joel and my dad are getting the benefit of so many more wins every week. And every once in a while you sprinkle in a couple of shutouts, why not? And then you throw on top of that, like at least for my brother, you got your McDavid, you got your Pedersons, your Shifley, your Stone, who has turned it all around as well. And he went out and got Zibanejad. He's got Kucherov. He's got Bergeron. He's got Barzell. Like, I mean, it dude, he got it's Tage endless. Thompson in our entry draft. Like, yeah. Tage Thompson wasn't even protected. That's right. He picked well, him up in the entry draft. The one season that he oh, no. that T- Thompson plays really well, and my dad figures, yeah, I'll give him a shot. What round did he get him in? Do you know? You know what? Last I'll round? have to double check that because I don't. It wasn't. I I want to say it was uh, round five or later. Yeah. So I'll have to check that out. I'm gonna double okay. check that. Okay. Um, all that being said, I don't. The season is far from over, obviously. Um, but it is. Oh my god. It is definitely a five-team race with the Royals, Brigands, Buccaneers, Dragons, and Apocalypse. All of us are still very much in it. It does feel. Like the apocalypse, apocalypse are starting to run away with it, just because their record feels like it's unattainable. And when you look at their team, at, at his team, it looks like how does this slow down? There's there's no room for any of these players to slow down. This is this is an all star roster. There's there's nothing on the apocalypse roster that suggests to me this is going to go away, even with the injuries that we've touched on, like Eichel. He's not using Eichel right now. Uh, he's on the IR. Uh, Carlson, another one, on the IR. Um, Verana now, who's been who's now been waived. Uh, I don't know where he's going to land. He's probably the biggest hole, but he, that's one player. You got Taravanan, you got Kako, um, and that's already touched that. I mean, the, uh, the one, Wiley, the one McAvoy, McCarr, Hamilton. <laughs> like, come on. I mean, the one inter- the one interesting thing. For me, and we talked about it in particular about the apocalypse uh, um, on our last episode. They are skating on thin ice a little bit in regards to the injuries. But again, we can sit here all day and we can him and haw about it all we want. It's right there in black and white. He's sitting with a 92-1 record, so he's getting the job done. He's got to wait another couple of weeks and he's going to start getting reinforcements. Speaking of reinforcements, that's definitely something that your father's going to want to look at as well, the Bucks who are on a five-game winning streak and are just tearing it up right now. But, man, he really can't afford any goaltending injuries because no. he's got Jack Campbell as a third <laughs> goaltender, and he only has three goaltenders. Yeah. So Same thing goes for his he, defense. He, he's got, right now on the bench, he's got Seth Jones, who plays for Chicago. Um, yep. So, really, he's only got the four defensemen in Barry, D'Angelo, uh, Hronik, and Roman Yossi. Now, great defense. All of them are putting oh, up yeah. amazing points. But the second one of them gets an injury, it's it's going to spell some serious trouble for him. And FYI, Landis Cog, it's already been announced, he's nowhere near a return. So he's not getting Landis Cog back 
this year as far as I'm concerned. So he's got a giant hole right there. Uh, in terms of like when something happens in your lineup, you've got to plug somebody in. Landis Gog will not be that player. Uh, Cryer could be. He's sitting on the bench. Meyer could be. Currently sitting on the bench. Great. great. These are great plugs. Olofsson, not so much. Palat on the IR as well. Tro so Trocek's you're right. Good. Trocek. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. That's right. Trocek. That's right. He's actually decided to start playing really well. Um, but this is all to say, like he, like you said, he cannot afford an injury in nets. He cannot afford an injury on D. So in the end, he can't afford an injury. It, it, that's how I would translate all of that. Because really, if he gets, you know, if, if one of these guys just decides to go cold, even uh, it doesn't have to be an injury, uh, then you're in some serious trouble. So skating on the nice. Yeah, maybe maybe a smidge above skating on thin ice because he's another team that he's had injuries. He's had injuries during his winning streak, but it's still it's still spelled out to a five game winning streak. So there's it doesn't seem like much can slow down my brother or my dad. Um, <laughs> clearly, it, it, I didn't it's get be a dog fight. It yeah, clearly I did not get the fantasy hockey chops that my dad decided to pass down. Clearly, Joel is still the favorite. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, hold on. A no, I'm just well, joking around. Uh, uh, of any of any talk about Joel running away with it, I, I I will certainly have certainly have lots to say about that. Um, well, which hopefully, will, you which, don't. which will which will be which will be for another show. Okay. Um, but I did want to hit on uh, Tom's team um, with him making that big deal. Yeah. Uh, this week with with myself, his team is starting to i mean obviously we know he's in a rebuild he yep. you know there there's a strategy going on but i will say that there are some really nice things happening in regards to his team and if things can kind of swing the right way you know a, a good pick here and a solid late pick there you yep. know how it is marty oh, yeah. if he can make a couple of things happen you're looking at a team now that's going to be moving forward with guys like matty beneers Sveshnikov, Robert Thomas out in St. Louis, Zegris, still got Shabbat on the back end. Noah yeah. Dobson's having a nice year out there on the island. Yeah. You know, um, Ehlers, although hasn't Ehlers. played very much, still 26 years old, could be a potential yeah. keep. Josh Norris, yes, oh. he even mentioned to me that he definitely got to be working on the uh, the goaltending. I think Thatcher Demko, once things kind of calm down and relax, I think he's a top 10 goalie, top 12 goalie. Yeah. Uh, and that's a lock. Like, that's not even without thinking about it. Yeah. So he he's positioned himself quite nice. Yep. Mason, Mason McTavish is well out there in Anaheim. He's yeah. got him as a future star. So yeah. th there there's some stuff to be had. You know, even a Pierre-Luc Pierre Dubois could be yeah. kept. Um, so he has, you know, we, we, we talked about it before. The Demons, uh, owned by Tom, and the Cougars, owned by Ryan, have never really been tear-down general mm -hmm. managers. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, even even myself, I, I've only done it the once, but I did. I have made a complete tear-down. Um, but these are two guys who are a little bit more known for retooling. And I got to say, it's certainly looking like that might be where this team ends up. I don't know if he's leaning. I don't know if Tom himself is wanting to lean more towards a full teardown, but I think you have too much uh, young talent that I, I think you just, you need to, you know, I think he can start building it 
again here right right with our next draft in uh, in September. I think he's in a good spot. He's I I, I told, he reminds, I told him, his team currently reminds me of where Scott was last year, where well, you know what it reminds so me so young it reminds and so me of talented. A wild, it's a wild card team. Yep, it's that type of team that can go off for fifty points just as well as they can go off for twenty. And I told him as much through text. Yeah. So he he's gonna have a a, a pretty decent team here pretty quickly pretty quickly like, uh, yeah. wh- where what is that going to translate into in regards to a record of a 26 or 27 week which mm-hmm. is usually what our cfhl uh seasons are 26 or 10, 27 weeks I, I i don't know but what i do know is that he's going to be a, the type of team where you're like you gotta watch out for it he could he could kind of g- give you a gut punch in a hurry his biggest issue, and you touched on it, is goaltending. I mean, there's really nothing there that, to yeah, be happy that's about. That's going to need to be looked at big time. But that's an easy thing. An easy thing to easy it, it enough is. thing to fix for him. It is. Yeah, it is. And I mean, uh, a guy like Logan Thompson uh, sitting on your bench is is proof of that. A guy sitting there, you know, you take a little bit of a small chance. Decent goaltender on a on a pretty Great damn team. good team. So. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean there there's our there's your CFHL in a nutshell. Pretty much, yeah. Which leads us right into our beauties and the bees. Oh yes. It does. Beauties okay. and the beast or Beauty beauties of. and the beast. And the beast. This is the same thing. Oh. Okay, we gotta okay, stop doing different shows. Um, yep, we do. we do. I want you to start because oh my god, this guy, where did he come from? Okay, let's do it. You know what I'm talking about. Oh God, Josh Morrissey. Like what? I mean, 37, 37 games played, six goals, thirty six assists for forty two points. Now in our league, that actually sits at forty eight points because he gets two points for every goal. So, pretty strong start to the season to say the least for the guy. Plus thirteen, twenty three, nineteen time on ice. I don't care who the fuck you are. <laughs> you did not see this coming. No, you didn't. Liar! Um, if you if you're sitting there telling me that you did, you're you are a goddamn liar. Yeah. Um. Uh, we we don't particularly like liars on this podcast. No, we don't. <laughs> um. We've 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 been known to fib, maybe a little bit, or Not stretch the truth, but yeah. it's all with purpose. That's right. Plus, it's our own show, so we can do what the fuck we want. His highest was so, 37 last year. Don't I tell know. me you saw this coming. Don't tell me it's you saw this coming. Ridiculous, man. And and the best part about it is right is he's playing both on the power play and shorthanded like he's he's got his fingerprints all over this team right now. Eleventh ranked power play at twenty three point nine. They got the sixth ranked penalty kill at eighty two point four. You know he's playing on that second unit on the um, on the penalty kill, so as to not like you know stretch him out too much. Um, listen, Marty, I don't think I need to say anything else other than this. Josh Morrissey, as it currently stands, is in 22nd place in league scoring. Not defense. League. What? He's 22nd in the league. Get out of my house. What are you doing? Well, lies. So he... He's he's gonna be entering somebody's house at the midseason because God damn, <laughs> yeah, somebody's jumping all over. Now, now I will say I'm always fearful about these types of players, and and what it could be Josh Morrissey, it could be you could name me a hundred different guys. Yeah, he's having a super super wicked uh, start to the year, great first yeah. half. Yeah. Man, that's a lot to ask for in regards to the second half. Like that is some pretty elite like. Guys, not just good, not great. Like we're talking about elite production here from a defenseman. Yeah. Like he, like 
everybody's talking about Carlson. He's over. He hit the 50-point mark. Well, guess what? Morrissey's right there, guys. Yeah. So he's going to be a great ad for somebody. Are they going to get as much as he's already given so far this year? It'll be tough. It'll be tough, but it, he's, he will certainly be a decent add to any anyone's defense in our league, that's for sure. What's weird is that he's technically, he's playing less time on ice mm-hmm. this year than he was last year when he had his career year. At 23-39 yeah. last year, he's got 23-18 this year. So it's a bit odd. It must be the situational, the situations he's being put in, because as an example, his power play assists this year, Another personal best. He's got 15 um, power play assists, whereas uh, his personal best was in uh, 1920, where he had 11. So he's surpassed that um, with half the, half the amount of games. So it's got to be where um, bonuses wanted him in games in specific times and with certain players. Like, he's not the only one who's been on this team for the last uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years. This is eighth season in, in uh, Winnipeg. There are other players that have been there with him for the duration of this who have gotten better over the years, too. So maybe he's just a beneficiary of everybody starting to really get better. Like, Ehlers isn't even playing right now, so I'm thinking once he gets back... Morrissey's numbers might actually start going up even more because he's going to be with him on the power play. So it's interesting to look at these numbers and try and figure out well, where this is coming from. I think it's just he's clicking. I think this is just him finding his place, finding the right coach, finding the right situation, and his game finding him. He's only 27. So this is maybe this is who he is because he has trended in the right direction every year. 20, 26, 31, and then 31, 21, less games though than 37, then now 42. He's a plus 13. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I think I would pick him without even thinking twice about it. I know I won't be because I don't have oh, no, picks, and, but... and, and... <laughs> No, I own it. Yes. Um so <laughs> no, I, I, I totally agree with you though. I mean I think it is a case. Okay, maybe it, maybe it's a bit of a combination of both bonus and the way he's coaching. Because don't forget, bonus is a little bit more of a defensive guy, and Morrissey's always been pretty pretty decent when it comes to defensive yeah, that's hockey. True. Yep. So that could be you know where this all kind of blossomed a little bit, or at least one reason why. Yeah. But I do agree with you big time that uh, you know his age being twenty seven years old, like you know he's. Maybe he is figuring it all out now. Like 27, mature. He's been in leagues, been in leagues solidly now for a number of years. Um, you know, for the longest time, it was Bufflin and Truba. Like he's yeah. kind of the guy now. He's That's kind right. of the guy now. So you know what? All the best to him. I sir, I hope that the rest of his year keeps going the way it's going. <laughs> and you know, for, especially for Winnipeg and for the player himself. Yeah. But of course, for anybody in our in our pool, like hey. You know, if this guy can continue on the way he's been going, enjoy it. Uh, you're gonna, ha- you're gonna, yeah, exactly. Just kind of put him in every week and enjoy the ride. You don't really have a choice. You have to put him in every week now. <laughs> uh, another D coming up here, and this one actually kind of hits home a little bit more for Marty and I. Only reason being is because we just put this guy into our two leg podcast, Kempville hockey pool. Oh, <laughs> so. We are taking advantage of the Washington Capitals power play and John Carlson not being on it. So, <laughs> so thanks, John. Uh, I don't have you in any other pool, so it doesn't really mean anything to me. But when it comes to this, 
Now we can slide Eric Gustafson in there, hopefully get a couple extra points over the course of the month, see what okay. happens. But, I mean, suffice it to say, this guy is definitely running with the opportunity that he's been given. He's got a stat line of 38 games played, 6 goals, 17 assists for 23 points. In our league, that would actually translate to 29 plus 6, Marty. Yeah. Like, it's not, I'm not, I'm, it, it, it's, I understand plus six on Washington. I can understand where you could be a plus player on Washington, but it's Eric Gustafs. <laughs> That's so, the thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, plus six, way to go, buddy. Sticks out a little bit. Guys <laughs> guys playing 1931 time on ice so far. Of course, a lot of that has to do lately here as well, getting some more power play. <clears throat> Excuse me, power play time. Yeah. And five on five, five on five time with Carlson being out. But you know what? It's one of those guys, especially in the daily fantasy league. Plug and play, baby. If you need somebody to kind of fill in for any kind of uh, uh, injuries you've got going on, he's definitely somebody that you want to take a look at for sure. Big time quality rep- quality replacement, to be sure. 100%. Um, my, la- my last beauty, and this timing was friggin' perfect. Jake man. DeBrusque. Oh, hey, man. hey, hey, Jake. Have yourself a winner classic, my man. Man, like, that was nice. Dude. Dude, two goals. Like, this guy's gone from, like, asking for a trade to now, like, being the hero in the Winter Classic. Yeah. So, listen, all, all the props to him. Um, I do believe this had a little bit to do with the ch- uh, coaching change. Uh, I don't think that things were uh, going well uh, last year for him and Coach... Cassidy. My God, why am Coach Cassidy. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but Montgomery has certainly gotten the best out of him. I mean, yeah. this guy's got... After last night... 35 games played, four, uh, sorry, 16 goals after last night, 14 assists for 28 points. At the time that I wrote this, he was a plus 13. He may be a little bit better now. The thing that really, really is astounding is 17-13 time on ice. Like, he could easily have another couple of minutes for sure. In yep. particular, now that he's playing on the first line with Bergeron and Marchand, it's like, dude, just run with this, man. Like, do whatever you need to do. Like, whatever the, whatever they need you to do, just do it. So uh, all the best to him. I think this could be another player that could potentially get a little bit of love um, during our midseason. We'll see. Um, you know, he's getting to – he's getting in the vicinity of a point per game, but we're still a little off. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, he'd be at 36 games played with 30 points now. So you're getting somebody that's quite serviceable. Um, yeah, but you're you're you are missing out on a point per game player at this particular point. So, but I mean, with everything that's that's been going on this year for for J- uh, Jake DeBrusque and the way things were kind of going last year, all the best to him, my man. Like he's definitely on the upswing. Looks like things have really settled down for him. And I hope you know he he's he's that. I think he's one of the three uh, consecutive picks that they had. I I can't remember what year. But I think Boston had the 15th, 16th, and 17th overall, and he's the only one I believe that is from those three. Really, left on that raw, left oh, wow. on that roster. Uh, oh, all the best okay. to you, man. Like, um, and the reason why I want to shut things down with DeBrusque is because I got a lot to say about my beast this, this week. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, he, he is a guy that I own in the CFHL, and I am actually actually actively actively trying to trade the guy. I'm just getting a little bit sick and tired of his antics. Um, I know he's a good player, and at the end of the day, I'm sure I'm probably not going to trade him because I'd be trading him uh, at his low point when you want to trade him at his high point. So all I have to say to Mr. JT Miller is stick to fucking playing hockey and leave the coaching to the coaches. My God. 
Like, I, I don't, and I'm sorry, Marty, I listened to the highlights, and I listened to Boudreaux, and I listened to Colin uh, Dahlia, and I listened to Miller. I don't give a shit how you spin that. With him banging his goddamn stick on the back of that net and yelling at his goalie to go to the fucking bench. Like, dude, please, just concentrate on your own game, which needs a lot of goddamn work. Seeing as you hit 99 points last year, almost hit the century mark, and you are on pace for 67 points. Yeah. So this is the Florida Panther move of a player where you were at the top, at the peak, and you've decided to shit the bed for whatever fucking reason. Uh, Made some stupid moves. And in this case, Florida made some stupid moves. In this case, JT is just doing some stupid things and it's getting in the way of of his game. Just shut up and play the game, man. Well, he even comes out, and, and I, I, I can't go per verbatim. I don't remember the word for word. But basically, the guy was like, yeah, you know, my production sacrificing ah, a little bit because I'm have it. really playing a solid, solid two. I'm like, I'd, oh, solid I'd two like to game. say my lack of production is a compliment to me not cheating the game and playing the right way. Man, if that is not the politician's way of saying I screw it up, I don't know what is. This is the dumbest Dude. thing I've ever read. Dude. Admit that you suck and that you need you need more practice, whatever the hell it is. Just admit that you suck and that you need to keep your mouth shut. The, I when I saw that, dude, that's a cop out. What are you oh doing? A God, compliment dude. to your game, not cheat. Shut up. Shut up. I you just suck. I, that's I, it. I can't I can't even believe that he said that because Marty, I'm sure that the analysts of all analysts could probably fucking pick out about 50 videos of this guy's lazy ass back checking. Okay? So listen, <laughs> Miller, what a dumb Miller, comment. you are, you, you have been a great player for me on my, on, on my fantasy squad. I, I hope, I hope and pray that you can take all of this negativity, all of this garbage Somehow. that you've been talking about all fucking year and start to manifest that into a strong second half because guy, if I am a management member for the Vancouver Canucks right now, like it's getting real fucking close to me having a conversation with this guy. Dude, oh yeah, you got this year left, and we just ponied up with you for another eight. At seven, it, at, at, what is it? I think it's like seven million per. I'm trying to pull it up right or, now. Uh, anyway, sorry. Oh, it's this five. Guy, it's five. This guy, this guy needs to get his shit in order. Don't be worrying about Colin Dahlia and if he's making it to the fucking bench on time. Maybe back check a little bit more instead of lazily skating off the ice yeah. and giving complete and utter opportunities to your opponent. Like, does it does it story? seem like he he looked over at at um, Bennington and said, hey, "Hold my beer, let me be the bigger jerk." Oh, guys, because it, like, right it's like the there? same situation. They both need well, to listen, keep their mouth shuts and just play the game. Listen, like we we've seen this. Like, okay, f- Miller Miller's one. Okay, he he's an emotional player. Like he, he there there are players like Crosby that can keep the emotions in check and kind of yeah know, keep keep things to a dull roar. Miller's not one of them. And 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 dude, that's not the problem. I don't have a problem with an emotional player. As a matter of fact, in a lot of situations, I like it. But True. come on, guy. But come on, like fuck. <laughs> He's banging his goddamn stick on the back of that friggin' net. Like, the, Marty, for me, it's the optics. It's just like, 
dude, you need to get a handle on forget the yeah. team situation. In those moments. Forget that forget that you're pissed off that your team's playing badly. Maybe just focus on the guy in the mirror right now, and maybe that will help this whole team concept. Yeah. Don't worry. Jesus Christ. Don't worry that your goalie isn't left yet. Don't worry about that shit. Like, like don't. Like just play your game. And and I in watching the play happen. I was actually on, I don't remember, okay, the goalie, whatever his name is. I was on his side because there were a few moments where JT tried to bring the puck out and there were, you know, defenders coming. Like, it seemed like an uneasy situation to get out. And I believe the goalie, uh, somewhat of a rookie, is he not? So maybe there was a maybe there was a little bit of apprehension on his part because he hasn't been in that situation before. So as a leader, you don't bang your stick and yell at him. You may take him you may take him to the showers and and fucking tear him a new one over there, but that you do that in the privacy. You don't you don't call out your goalie the way like that like showing him up like that. How are you leading? How is that him learning anything? He's going to go in that dressing room and want to tear a new one into you. So that that made no sense to me whatsoever to to react that way. JT, get your game in order. You got another eight years here in Vancouver. Or (laughs) if you get traded wherever wherever else it's going to be. But right now, nobody's going to want you if you're going to have this kind of an attitude playing hockey. Like, it just, I understand emotional. I understand, like, things bubbling over, frustration. I get that. I get that, but this is like, it's enough now. Like it's happened on like three, four, five occasions there now over the past couple of years. And unfortunately you're not scoring four points a night to fucking nullify all this garbage. Okay. You're not doing anything. So it's pretty weird. eh? Last year he went, Vancouver wasn't necessarily a great team last year, but he wasn't saying any of this last year. All of a sudden now the team's not playing good. Neither are you. And now you're going to talk. Jesus. But some of the some of these issues have been there the whole time. It's just that the guy was yeah. scoring ninety nine points, so yeah. it was balancing And everyone was giving out. him praise, right? But, but but last year he last year's back checking wasn't exactly phenomenal either. But like this scoring. guy's been known to not exactly back check hard there. Yeah. So anyway, JT Miller, you're my beast this week. Get the fuck going, bud. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got Philip Forsberg. Five goals, two assists, and a plus two over the last three games. Uh, it means this team's got a chance to turn things around. He's up to 32 points in 35 games. And with his team currently in 11th place, they'll need every bit of his hot streak. There isn't much to choose from on Nashville right now, but Forsberg continues to be a bright spot in an otherwise somewhat disappointing season. I'm not, and I'm saying somewhat because Nashville was never really picked to be too much of a threat coming out of the West whatsoever. There's still not much of a threat. But Philip Forsberg definitely came out of the and so did Yossi and Duchesne, uh, they've all come out of the gates pretty cold. But Forsberg has seen seemingly found his game, kind of rejuvenated a little bit, and has started to turn a corner. So he's still and he's still playing well. Duchesne, at one point, it seemed like he had turned a corner, but then fizzled out, which is a typical Duchesne move. Like, oh, look at me, I'm great. Go ahead and pick me up in your in your draft. Way and then, go, nah, douche. just kidding. Way to go, douche. <laughs> Jesus. But no, Forsberg is—he's uh, always been the real deal. He's a safe bet. He's a—he's a protected guy, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, 32 and 35 is actually—you know—it's not great, but I do think he ends at more than point a game. Probably not by much, but he'll end up over there. Uh, next up is Tim Stutzel, which again, great game against Buffalo. Uh, so he's got four goals, one assist in his last four. Now he's sitting at a tidy one point—one point per game with uh, 33 and 33. 
He continues to be my favorite player, not named Batherson, by the way, <laughs> on a really great team. And I, I want this team to succeed. And I think a lot of that has to do with, with Tim Stutzel. I know at the beginning of, of his career, or at least last year, a lot of the chatter was, oh, he's a diver. He does this all the time. You know, he's not... He was called out. Was it by Ronick at one point? He was called out by one of the one of the old dogs, kind of thing, and said, uh, "You know, in my day, in the '90s, uh, you would have been. This wouldn't have lasted. You would have been mm-hmm. a runner." And he's right. It would have happened. But I feel this year Stutzel has kind of let that part of his game go. I wasn't necessarily against it when he was in deep of it last year. Um, because for the most part, he was pretty successful. Not saying I agree with diving. Don't get me wrong. What I'm saying is that he was drawing penalties and it was usually pretty successful for a team. So as a team, I'm again, not saying you go out looking for a player who is a known diver, but as a team, you, a guy who can draw penalties, that's a favorable thing, whether he's diving or he's because he's in the corners. I think now his game has changed to not in the diving category, but he's actually just putting himself in the right situation, still getting the right calls. And plus, his game has always been there. He's a great goal scorer. He's a great passer. He's got great vision. He's going to do a lot of great things for Ottawa. So, yeah, I think this is a great guy to have in your team right now. He is definitely a guy you want to have on your team right now. Full show. I mean... <laughs> Like he's just—he's lighting it up. He's just—he's—he's he's getting more confident in his game. Uh, but I think as a, as a whole team, Ottawa Senators right now, this is Stutzel well, is the kind maturity, of a per- right? The mature age. It's the it's yeah exactly. Like I mean, yes, Stutzel is you know kind of on the younger end of that spectrum. But yeah. I mean, when you start going down the list with Kachuk and uh, Batherson, you, know, you got yes, I know he's a little bit older. The Brinket, and you've got Shabbat. Like these guys have been around for you know the the At dog point, days, right? So they've they've been around for for the hard stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's it's nice it's nice to see them. I'm just glad that they're turning it around because I really thought that at the start of last year this team could do some damage. I don't know sneaky. Yes, I'll, let's put it that way. Maybe not yeah. necessarily playoffs, but sneaky. And it feels like it's taken all of this time. <laughs> yeah. To, to really kind of, so we've been waiting on this about a year and a half, yeah, sort of. Yeah. So it's nice to see, and, and, and the, you know, the best in them, I mean, Marty, we both live in the city and we, we both kind of feel the vibe whenever the team's doing well. And like yeah. you said, off the top of the, sh- you know, off the top of the show, lots going on in Ottawa, the sale of the team, the potential buyers, you know, um, Ryan Reynolds being one of them. So there's just, there's a lot of excitement going on. With the, with the moves they made in the offseason, it hasn't all kind of come together to be like, okay, we're, we're just, we're right there in the playoff picture. But I do believe we're, we're getting this going into the right direction. And I, and I don't feel like a fall off's coming. Like, I feel like this nope. may be the push yeah, good call. That, that, con- that continues upwards here. Yeah. Uh, again, again, Marty, you and I have said it time and time again, and this is all I'll say about this. We got to get to some other stuff, but, um, the, th- th- this team just has too much talent on it for it not to be doing something. Yeah, yeah uh, a lot substantial. of substantial. Again, playoffs. I don't know, but substantial. Making the next move, making the next development move, whatever way you want to put it. Yeah. Th- th- I think we're here. Yeah, you're right. And there's a good word that you threw in there as sneaky. And I so much not so much that Stutzel's um, talent is sneaky, but I feel that each one of these players has that sneaky ability to all of a sudden 
each one of them has the ability to be sneaky in that, you know, in this game, they're going to go off for five points. And at any given point, when you've got five players that can go off and be sneaky in that sense, I mean, that's recipe for success every time you do it. So, um, so yeah, it's a good word for the auto centers right now. Cause I do think this year is like that sneaky year. Um, okay, so th- this next guy, you can talk sneaky. about him all you want. You can talk about him all you want, but you got to leave that one thing out, man. You're going to have to leave that one thing out there. Yeah, there's a little something we don't need to talk about. I believe you have a, it's a little bit of a burn, I think. Is it? A little bit of a burn. I've not, oh, is that right? Okay, now I got it. Yeah, let's, let's, let's just, let's just go over. not happening. Let's just go. So Alex Ovechkin, Alex Ovechkin is my next beauty. He scored, uh, he's just basically scoring goals. He's got four goals the last three games, thanks in large part to that Hattie against Montreal. Is this what you want me to lift out? You want me subsequent photo op with all the moms of Montreal players? Yeah. No, I think that's honestly no, sh- any any team's uh, <laughs> that uh, is you, a burn. What would you call that? Somebody. Kaggle of moms would say, "Can I? Can we all have a picture with Alex Ovechkin?" Everyone would say that. I'm um, sorry why? if I'm a Habs player that night. I'm not happy. <laughs> oh, man. I'd be living. I'm not. I, I'm mom, not happy. How could you do this to me, mom? Jesus. <laughs> God damn it! God it makes my goddamn support whole the team, team look mom. Seriously, seriously. And but the reason why I'm okay with it, and I, I know you're just joking around, but a big reason for all this is that people are starting to talk about will he get to a thousand? Never mind passing Gretzky, which you and I agree last year was a foregone conclusion. This year, with the amount of empty net goals he's gotten now, with all the goals he's gotten, he's even creeping up on McDavid this year. Um does he get to a thousand goals by the end of his contract? Because it was a five-year contract, right? If okay, so he's what now? He, he's like ninety away from him now, or less than ninety, I think, or something like that. Something like that, yeah, yeah. If if you, you figure it takes the rest of this year, and I'll even go so far as saying, you know, a real large chunk of next year before he he ties him. I mean, we've only got about yeah. what forty. We've only got about forty games left. Forty games. Let's say they got. Let's say the guy goes off for another twenty-five to twenty-six, twenty-seven. You know, you didn't push it another fifty-plus goal scorey. That he's got twenty-six right now. He's got another fifty-plus goals in this seat. Like I know. What are you doing? He, he's thirty-seven. Uh, this, <laughs> like, uh, this guy is. Listen, a, a lot of yeah. people have been waiting for Alex Ovechkin to kind of fall off here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right here, right now. Like he's he he is defying father time a little bit here because a player of his ilk i.e a shooter and a physical player and a physical player there should i feel there should be more deterioration both in his physical limitations as well as that shot but dude i swear to god that shot's just as good as when he was 18 years old (laughs) because if anything because every, every everybody knows where he is everybody knows where it's going and they still can't stop it. So, no. I and mean, it's, it, it, it's can he hit a thousand? I don't know. I don't know if he can hit a thousand. I'm not sure. So he's but at 806. Okay. So let's say he finishes the season. He's got another 25 goals left in him. So it puts him at 831, which would so put him basically 60 goals away from him. Yeah. So he's which, basically but, 60 goals. We're, with all due respect, Mike, we're done talking about him catching Gretzky. Oh, it's that's the, done. It's a thousand. That's so he's currently sitting. So let's say again, twenty-five goals the rest of the way puts him at eight thirty-one. From eight thirty-one to two for to a thousand, 
that leaves you 170 goals span over three years. So 170 divided by three means he's got 56 goals for the next three years or, you know, a little bit more this year, a little less that year. It's, I don't know, this man. Is, it's going to be tough. To me, this is the conversation. Because having a thousand goal score in our for us, like because we're we're alive, we're watching it happen. The fact that we're having this conversation is special because there is as small as it might feel or as it might actually be, there is somewhat of a legitimate shot of him hitting a thousand. Let's say he doesn't make a thousand. Let's say he lands within the 900 realm. Then you're going to start going back and looking at his stats and going, geez, remember that year, the shortened season, he had 48, he only played 48 games. Remember that other season where he only played 45 because uh, actually the, the league was shut down. You start having those conversations where even in a 45 game season, he had 24 goals. Add another 25 there at a minimum. Uh, the other season where he had 48 where he only played 48 games, he had 32 goals. Add another 25. There's 50. Now that 930 is 980. Now that means in his career, he could have reached 1,000. This is the oh, kind yeah. of player. This is the kind of stuff. This is the kind of career we will probably never see again, save for your um, Connor McDavid and your and your Bedard. Connor Bedard. Connor, say. Um, it's the first time I've noticed that. <laughs> um, I do still think McDavid becomes the all-time leader, not in points, because that's absurd. But I do think McDavid, and that's a conversation for another time. But I think for now, the way Ovechkin is still playing at this age, the way he's pushing the envelope still at this point, he's going to have back-to-back seasons of 50-plus goals uh, scored in, in the season at his age 37 and 38, or 36 and 37. That's, that's ridiculous. Like the last person to do something any re- remotely close to this was Brett Hall, and even he fizzled out. So I, I don't see how Ovechkin fizzles out here at any given point. So I think the conversation of a thousand goals is absutely legitimate because it's not, it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. It's definitely not out of the realm. I'm just looking up on cap friendly now here. I want to see. Okay. So after this year, he's got three more years. He's got three more years. Yeah. So we figured it about another 25 this year. So that puts him at about, let's say, 930, 935. Or 8, 830, 835. Okay, let, let's say he goes off for... Let's 40. say he hits... Four, let's say he hits 40 to 45 in 23, 24. Yeah. So now you're sitting so at about eight, what? 870. 870, 875. Let's say in that 870 to 880 range... Yeah. So now in 24-25, he's basically got to hit about 12, 13, 14 goals, 15 goals to beat it. And then he still has another year on his contract left after that. Yeah. So and at that point, he's t- at about 120 out. In my mind, so what, his contract ends with his age, what, his age 40? It's going to, uh, he's 37 now, so let's 38, 39, yeah, 40. Yeah. Okay. So Jagger's still playing and he's 15. <laughs> That doesn't count. I do believe uh, Ovechkin is the type of person that if he is within within a hundred to get 
to that. When he signed another contract. He does. And Washington, oh my God, Washington 100, eagerly signs it. The PR alone, the marketing that you could do on him reaching a thousand, um, it, it's outstanding. They, they would make so much money off it. Of course they do it. So yes, and I do think, and I do think that's how it happens. I don't think this is his last contract. I think he passes that. Uh, he flies right past Gretzky, and then he sets his sight firmly on one thousand goals, because he doesn't. He caught Gretzky when nobody thought that was possible. Well, if he can get to a thousand plus, everyone will say the exact same thing. And it would take a fucking miracle for someone to beat a thousand goals in their career. The only one who's got the chops to do it would be McDavid or possibly Bedard or someone who isn't even born yet. So at that point, it doesn't matter. Just think about these, these couple of stats here. So he basically loses a year of hockey. The first year he was supposed to play in the NHL back in 04, 05, whatever that, that, so that's why him and Crosby went in in the same year because that's right. That's we right. got pushed back a year. That's right. And don't forget that be, the, between goals seven and eight hundred, I can't remember I, it, when I say I he, he it. did it. He yeah. he did he did it in a very large sample. Um, he did it quicker than Gordy Howe and Gretzky is the point that I'm right. getting to. And it wasn't just like by a couple of games, guys. It was like double digits. It was like by by 20 or 30 or 40, whatever it was. I mean, it it could even be more than that. But, I mean, to think where this guy could be right now without any missed time, any any missed hockey due to labor strikes or collective agreements and any of this stuff, then, yes, he would be hitting 1,000 in this contract. Oh, man, I saw it too. I really wish I had saved that because that was a pretty cool stat. Like how he, he was got a quick, to... he was the quickest, and that says a lot because seven and eight hundred. Like these, these are usually the times that people are starting to slow down, folks. Exactly. And here's Ovechkin ripping through goals number seven to like eight hundred. Nothing, like a hot mm-hmm. knife through butter. All right. Uh, Sorry. Getting Sorry. No. Jeez. No, it's okay. No, no, it's okay. I'm gonna end with my beast, uh, and and this this is a this is a three headed monster, quite frankly, as far as I'm concerned. Even right up until last night, uh, Crosby, Malkin, and Gunsel. So between the three of them, over the last three games, one goal, no assists. This team can always find a way to win, but let's be absolutely clear: this team goes nowhere if these three can't figure it out. It's why the Pittsburghs have been a bit been in a bit of a slump lately. If they continue like this for much longer, it could mean a drop out of the playoff picture altogether. They currently sit in eighth and final spot on a four-game losing streak. I guess it's five now, uh, but still have a respectable 19-11 and six record. Hopefully, this stretch ends quickly for the Pens fans, but more importantly, hopefully, Crosby, Malkin, and Gunsel can figure something out because this is pretty... This has gone on long enough for these three All-Stars to be playing the way they're playing, especially the way they were playing. I'm not seeing any rationale as to why they've kind of dropped off the face of the earth, but this has been their game for the the better part. There's a, a bigger stat in this too. I think it's... In their last 10 games, it sounded more impressive, so I left it out. <laughs> it's something like in their last 10 games, collectively, it's like eight points, it, which is still not impressive because it's three of the top it, three. It's their three best players. So inexcusable, uh, you know, pick up the slack. I don't know. Figure out your little catchy phrase here. But at the end of the day, these three just are not doing it. Well, and the funny thing is, right, we go on a hiatus for a week. I mean, two weeks ago, we were ju- we were touting them and touting yep. the, the wild and the hurricanes. 
boy, oh boy, how things can turn around in a couple of weeks, eh, in the NHL. Like, these guys were on a nice little, nice little streak in the whole bit, and now you kind of, and and you know what, it happens to the best teams, right? It's just a matter of how you're going to be able to weather that. And like you mentioned at, at, at the top, Pittsburgh's the type of team that can weather it. I mean, they, yep. they've they've got it. They've got enough to make it happen. Now, you got to go out and do it, but yeah. they do have on paper what they need to make it happen. That's right. So yeah. So if they can't figure it out, I think it spells trouble for Pittsburgh. But uh, I don't know. In the end, I think they'll be fine. I think the All Star break coming up soon in uh, February that'll be a big refresher for all of them. And uh, luckily, they they came out of the gate so hard that opposite to Florida, right? They've dug themselves such a hole that it's going to be difficult for them to dig themselves out. Whereas with Pittsburgh, they built such a lead that they can weather a little bit of a storm while these three kind of regroup and figure it out, and they'll be fine. Well, the score is now the score is now five to three. Five to you're winning. Oh, you're winning five to three. You just picked up. Oh, we each picked up a. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you're interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at twoguysaleague and some guests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes at anchor.fm slash twogalag. Or you can follow us on Twitter where you can find all of our info. Our handle is at twogalag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Don't forget to like, follow, and share. Thanks for listening, and until next time.